Right, Papenfuss is with me in studio. Well, tell us about Nyasa, first of all, yeah. and, and uh, maybe yeah. that sets the scene a little. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nyasa has got a very broad uh, constituency, many, many employees, a couple of thousand of employers. And uh, we've always been in a fight. Uh, we're, uh, you know, in the South African labor environment is uh, it's a difficult environment. It's difficult for business. Uh, the environment isn't pro-business. It's a battle. I think SMEs worldwide are battling. Um, on two fronts, they're battling legislation, uh, red tape. They also is in a battle with uh, monopoly uh, capitalism. You're and not be- giving me a Gupta story. No, I'm not giving yeah. no I, mm. um, when I said talk about, uh, you know, and I think it's a natural thing from people. When you get very strong, you uh, sort of suppress, tend to suppress uh, opposition. You don't like it. Uh, competition is uh, irritation. And um, that's very natural. This is not a conspiracy. The less your uh, competition is, the better for you. And uh, a big company that goes into a shopping center says, "Listen, I'll I'll be I'll bring the feed, but you give me floor space for a lesser tariff." And the small guy picks up the tab. That's that's natural. I I say that's how the world's been operating all along. So I don't doesn't see sound the, fair. It doesn't sound fair. We're not talking labor this morning, but I mean the what I've been saying is that the the labor relations uh, makeup is actually a conspiracy against small business. But so we've been in a fight on many, many fronts. You know, expropriation is a big deal. It, it affects our amendment. We, we play into that area. All these battles aren't won by one run player. It's many role players adding their voice. And you need to be seen by your members that you are engaged and you fight for them. That's what we do. Mandatory vaccinations is probably... This whole issue is one of the toughest battles I've been in because whereas in, in the other battles, our members have got a, you know, it's a united front in negotiations, there might be differences between them on what we do, but it's not fundamental differences. In this issue, there are differences. If you're a, a member organization, you need to make a call. You can't stay out of the fight. You can't. You, you can't say, listen, on this thing, I don't say anything. Because some demand that you say, and, and, and what happens is that, that you come out and you express a particular view, and there might be criticism, and one only hopes that your organization is so strong. But you said that there's, there's division within NIASA itself. I think there's a difference on, of opinion on the issue. I'm trying to get a temperature of the country, because yeah. on the one hand, big business is saying, we are pushing government to mandate vaccines. Yeah. Government is saying we're not prepared to do that. They've said that. They've said yeah. as much already. Yeah. Uh, they're kicking it back to business. If yeah, you, you want uh, a mandatory vaccines, you make it happen. Y- yeah. Within in NIASA, within your members, yeah. can you give some kind of a feeling of those who are in favor of mandatory vaccines or who'd be happy if government were to mandate these jabs yeah. and those who wouldn't be? Well, um, if I look at the support I get on, on, on comments on what I do, I'd, I'd say by far the majority support that because we haven't come support out what? support uh, the, our opposition towards mandatory vaccines. So and your position is no, no monetary. You don't want and, it, and, and, mm. and we're very clear: we're not playing into the area of whether a vaccine is good or bad. I'm not a doctor. When you engage in that debate, I mean that will become the focus, and that's an endless debate. Our debate is freedom of choice. That's it. And I think we have the overwhelming support of businesses. We've had 
two resignations out of Rinyaza, out of, I, you know, there's no need to tell how many thousand members we have, but we have two resignations. So you have thousands of members and two have resigned because they don't like the fact that you don't want everybody Mandatory in the country va- to be vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. And even there, I've, I've just read a WhatsApp that somebody sent me of a screenshot of a Facebook posting somewhere. And this person refers to me as a radical anti-vaxxer. That's a perception that the moment you say no to man, uh, compulsory vaccinations... Are you vaccinated? No, I'm not. Okay, but so I, you are an anti-vaxxer then no, if no, you are vaccinated. No, no, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Uh, I've been vaccinated. No, no, you know, if you say, are you vaccinated, I could have responded it by saying to you, Alec, but that's none, none of your business. None of your business. Okay. I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> you can certainly say that if you want. I could have said that. Then you would have said, but then in that case, I no. may, my, no, my, no. You, I, I gather that you are indeed vaccinated. No, no, I'm not. But I'm vaccinated. I've been vaccinated for all the stuff that needs to, uh, that I needed to be vaccinated for. I've never been anti-vaccination. In this case, this is, this is somewhat different. And, and, and the moment you say this, then people say, oh, now you're going into the, the medical sphere. I don't want to go there. And that's the danger. And the moment, based on what we've said, they can now say, anyone can say, oh, but I see this, is, this, this uh, drives the agenda. It does not drive the agenda. Can you imagine what it will be doing to workplaces where there are people with strong views for many reasons? Where somebody be saying, I don't want it. Somebody else says, but you will have it. If, if you want to work here, then you'll have to be vaccinated. And now MTN yesterday came out and they said, if, if you're not uh, vaccinated, you'll be fired. Simple as that. From a legal point of view, I think they're wrong. It is just not that simple. Why would a company, yeah. any company, yeah. make that kind of an extreme position? It doesn't seem like it's a smart move because there will be many people who are MTN clients who will feel that uh, you should not force me, don't force me to be vaccinated, yeah. um, i.e. Uh, the customer, and by forcing your staff, you're doing that. It, it seems like it's an extreme position, but there must be some very, very strong motive behind a business like that, oh, which, oh. which unlike Discovery, you can understand. They're in the healthcare business. They say, our data tells us the people who don't, get vaccinated, are more at risk. We need to come back to that point. But why will a person do that? First why of all, would MTN do yeah. it? First yeah. of all, let's, let's just look at a legal point and then ask, answer that question. My position is anti-mandatory vaccination. Now, somebody says, now, why haven't you taken government to court as yet? I said, but they've nev- they haven't as yet done anything wrong. I have no ground to stand on. No basis for a legal case against government on the basis of what's happened up until now. Well, government has... To- come out and said they're not pushing. I've come out with various directives to business and say how I interpret it. Now, interesting with people, based on my directive, a person, not member, somebody says, but you're an anti-vaxxer. I said, no, I'm explaining the legal position. And government has made the hurdle for mandatory vaccination in the workplace extremely high, to such an extent that we've said it's almost impossible. There's no room for a blanket approach in this. And if a company does a risk analysis and, and if an individual goes to and get a good lawyer based on that risk analysis and says, how do you come to this conclusion? 
why why are you not doing this and etc the company will say oh goodness no 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 just forget about it but the big guys just came out and they um, they say let's do it now let me my understanding is that even discovery haven't introduced as yet a mandatory vaccination policy they say that that will happen they've got about 300 yeah people in the 10,000 according yeah. to Adrian yeah. Gore in the inf- uh, interview that we had who are against yeah. vaccinations, and now they are going to engage with each of them yeah. to find out what happens next. So they haven't said they're all going to be fired. No, there no, could no. be religious issues, etc. Uh, exactly that. But the sword over the head of that, many of these employees, it's made them, might cause them to decide, let me just get vaccinated. And sure. I tell you, for a, a normal, and the word normal is not uh, the right word, <laughs> normal employee, to sit in front of a panel and explain and a position is very hard. I mean, this is immense pressure on that employee to explain why you're not doing it and you get interrogated uh, for that very hard. Let, let us not underestimate the pressure on employees at this stage. And as a leader of an employer body, I'm actually batting for them as well. Because it is one thing to be a business employing 10,000 people, 10-story building, and you sit in floor number 10, and you say, these guys get out. It's different when you're an employer employing 10 people. Would you love? You appreciate, you need each one of them. And you say, I'm now forced to do this and you will do it. If you don't do it, you must go. A like, different ball game. It's a totally mm. different ball game. And I said, um, uh, you expect from business something that's t- entirely impossible. A, a good employer loves his people. You appreciate your people and you sit there and you look at your employee walking out of your door and you think, this is not right. This can't be right. A good employee that's making a decision for a particular thing now. Uh, but why, Gerard, would a big business yeah. make a decision like that or go out on a limb like that? Because it's exactly the same thing. It doesn't matter how high and mighty you are as a chief executive. If you walk out the building and you have fired somebody who, for reasons of their own, decide that they don't want to believe all the data, they don't want to believe that, that unvaccinated people are at more risk, they, they just... That's their perspe- perception, and they've got to lose their job over it. You've got to feel something on that. Well, you will, but if there's nine stories between you and the other guys, <laughs> but unless the you, pain is a bit less, but I if think. you feel very strongly that you're doing it for their good, and isn't this where, we, where the whole zeitgeist of South uh, Africa right. comes? Okay. You know, don't tell me what, what I must do for my good, yeah. because I would rather uh, that's the thing. make my own choice. Let's take smoking in the workplace. I'm very much in favor of people say you don't smoke in the workplace. Why? Well, we now know inhaling smoke is, uh, and and I know where this debate is going to, so let's go there. Inhaling smoke, a person says, no, you can't do that. And I say, well, but there's a a place for you to smoke. And go and sit there, relax and smoke and come back. Sure. So, but I'm okay when people say don't smoke in in an office. I say that's fine. Do I, if I'm not vaccinated, do if you're vaccinated, do I put your uh, life at risk? Well, there's a higher chance of me getting COVID uh, if you are unvaccinated. I, I don't know. The data tells us that. Very clear. But, but even if you're vaccinated, 
even if I'm vaccinated. Yeah. Well, that's the argument, the discovery. They got 1.7 million data points. What they're saying from the data points is that, and especially with Omicron, you can get reinfected even though you're vaccinated. And in fact, even the whole term of vaccination I heard the other day, you shouldn't call it a vaccination because you're vaccinated against polio. You're not going to get polio, but you've got a vaccine against COVID. Uh, no, you can still a, very much get COVID. It, it, is, not, uh, it is not a vaccination. So it's uh, an uh, antidote, I, I heard it described, which sounds oh, quite clever. Well, mm. well, let's, let's use the, the term antidote, which, which, uh, which effectiveness wanes over a period. The, the data is not out yet, but here's the question. If it is so that if I'm not vaccinated, I can transmit the virus to you that is vaccinated. Well, that says the the, the antidote isn't that effective. Well, if you don't have the antidote, yeah, and your chances then of getting COVID nineteen are higher yeah. than if you have it. So yeah. if you're unvaccinated, yeah. Yeah. it's you, you will get it more readily. Okay, and the argument is then if you go into an environment. With COVID nineteen, yeah, because you have increased the risk of getting it by not being vaccinated, then you can pass it on to others, and others can can die from it. That's uh, okay, uh, but where, okay, but, but where the argument is, make is it, coming uh, from? Maybe that's true. Maybe not. Yes, uh, somebody sent to me because you know all kinds of people sent me all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Be careful about. <laughs> No, but no, no, but no, no. I'm saying yes. Uh, somebody sent me a WhatsApp from a lady. There's 28 people in the workplace. 25 of them are vaccinated. Omicron is rife among them. <laughs> They've all got tested. Yes. The three not vaxxers didn't get sick. The company owner sent him home and says, "You're actually at risk now. <laughs> let the, let the, let the vaccinated work, and you can work from home because you're getting you are in risk now." Because that we're all sick. You're not sick. But the hospitals in South Africa today, uh, there was an article in the Financial Times of London yeah. uh, that the, they were looking at the Chwani hospitals, which is the epicenter of the epicenter yeah. of Omicron. And everybody who's in a hospital is unvaccinated. They don't have a single vaccinated person, and no one would lie about that. So it's an interesting anecdote that you're talking about now. But the chances are, even with Omicron, that if you are vaccinated, yes, you, you can get it, and we know that, but if you're unvaccinated, you are more likely to get it badly. Okay. That's kind of the argument. All right. Throughout this process, since the beginning of the lockdown, since the news of this new virus, government has really uh, lacked in explaining to the population that when you're sick, when you get this thing, get early treatment. Because there is early treatment. I've had COVID. I, had, I received early treatment. The day I was tested positive, I called my GP and I said, I've got it, must I come and see you? He said, no, I'll send you an email. Just do what it says, and I'll send you a prescription. And he said, do this thing. Yes, antibiotics. Drink a disparate. And something else, and then this is the uh, the route this thing is taking. In seven days' time, this this whole thing will change. You will either get uh, get better or get worse. When that happens, you get do a blood test. I want to see what your blood is doing, and give me a chest uh, uh, X-ray of your lungs. 
I did that. And, and I must tell you, at that stage, I was, I'd, I'd never had a breathing problem. Although the levels in my blood, the oxygen levels in my blood was lower, I never had a, I never felt as if I was suffocating. And he said, okay, now we go on a different path, uh, and he prescribed it. And five days later, I was completely over it. Let me tell you, I was sick. I mean, I was as sick as a dog. <laughs> you were in bed? Oh, yeah. But oh, not hospitalized? No, no, I was in bed. I felt bad, but I never felt being in danger. But I felt terrible. My wife found me at some point. I was lying on a towel floor with a pity, with pity pants. And she said, what are you doing there? I said, well, the cold flow makes me feel better. <laughs> I was really feeling sick. No, make no mistake, you feel sick. But this type of thing, early treatment for the thing was never uh, explained and never widely uh, uh, propagated. One of my staff members went to hospital and, and they said, well, you've got it. And she felt bad. She said, but, and they said to her, but you're not sick enough to be hospitalized. But no, come back when you're almost dead. And that is frankly too late. That's frankly too late. You, if you don't get early treatment, that's why people died in hospital, which we now know wrong treatment. Um, that was never necessary. And that causes people to say, but what's the agenda about this? Why don't you tell people, listen, look after your own immune system. Now, let's come back to the immune system. And I, I sit here today. I've had COVID. They reckon that my immunity is very good. You sit here, and I believe you're vaccinated. Um, I've had COVID and I've had two vaccinations. Okay. So my immunity is even better than yours, according <laughs> to the discovery. Anyway. Okay. But I've got immunity. You've come to me and you say vanity vaccination, but I said, I've had this thing. I've had it. I understand. So what we saying to each other, let us understand the complexity about this thing, and even mandatory vaccinations will be, may, make the thing more complex. We must also understand the, the makeup of the human being. Nobody wants to be pushed around. Some people don't care. That's how the world is made up. Uh, some says, you know, whatever. When I listened to President Ramaphosa uh, Sunday, he was pleading so hard for people to be vaccinated that I was thinking, President, this is counterproductive. <laughs> Say it and leave it. Let people decide. That's the one thing. Secondly, open the debate. I mean, there are uh, people say there is scientific evidence. I said, yes, but there's a different set of scientific evidence. Yeah, but that's a bunch of lunatics. I said, no, I don't think so. I don't, I think, don't think so. I don't think that's the case at all. And, and maybe just to close off with, I, had, I was vaccinated. Yeah. I had COVID and I sailed through it. Yeah. You were unvaccinated. You had COVID and you had to lie on the tile floor in your pity pants. Yeah. So surely, looking back on it, if you'd had a vaccine, you wouldn't have had to do that. It would have been, you wouldn't have missed a day of work. Uh, that is true. That is true. There's just another part of the debate. What if there's a new strain? What is the effect on the immune system? And that is the issue. If somebody says, listen, if you get it, you'll sail through it. I say, that's my understanding. And if that was the end of the story, I would have uh, been the line, right, coming, coming from this meeting, I would have <laughs> find something. But I don't think we've got the whole picture yet. And when people say, well, I don't know, and let's see, I want to know first, then I must respect that right of that person to say, but okay, I understand. 
and say to saying to a person that if you follow my agenda and my timeline on this thing, you will not have a job. We are creating a two-tier society where that can damage our fiber forever. We might just battle for many, many years to get out of this unless we patient and unless we understand. And I mean, the way we've dealt with it in this today between you and I, we're not leaving this room feeling grumpy to each other. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. But there's no debate. There's no open debate. There's a fight about this thing. And many people really don't know about this, uh, the topic very much. Pro and against are mean to each other on this issue. That's not good. And a government should be responsible enough to treat this thing with wisdom. Which they've done. By not uh, listening to the shrill yeah. cries for mandatory vaccines. Yeah. Surely that so, give, give, give credit where it's due. Yeah, um, that's true. So that brings me back to the question, uh, why don't you take them to court? Well, they haven't given me a reason to give them to court. <laughs> 